Hello, and welcome back to the North Georgia Blue Podcast, produced and distributed by the Fannin County, Georgia Democratic Party. I'm your host, Meryl Clark, and we're getting into some good trouble today with our special guest, Chinita Allen, president of the Georgia Federation of Democratic Women. Welcome to the show, Chinita. We're so happy to have you with us today. Thank you as well. Thank you, Merle. And thank you, North Georgia Blue Podcast. Wonderful. Let's let our listeners know a little bit about you. Chinita Allen has lived in Georgia for over two decades and is a proud alumna of Bernard College, Columbia University, and a member of the Seven Sisters. She has served and concurrently serves on various leadership councils and boards, which uniquely qualify her to lead the Georgia Federation of Democratic Women or GFDW as president and ultimately help elect and support Democrats. Some of her leadership experiences include the Democratic Party of Georgia, or DPG Executive Committee, board member, DPG Strategic Planning Committee, the Democratic National Committee, or DNC Black Leadership Council, immediate past president of the Cobb County, my old stomping grounds, Cobb County Democratic Women, Georgia PTA State Legislative Chair and President of the United Nations Association of Atlanta. Oh my, that's really impressive. Additionally, she is a proud alumna of the Atlanta Black and Jewish Coalition Project Understanding, Higher Heights for America Senior Executive Leadership Fellowship, and the DNC Train the Trainer Best Practices Institute. Well, congratulations on your many, many impressive accomplishments. Let's dive right in. Tell us about the Georgia Federation of Democratic Women, or GFDW. What is your group's mission, focus, and goal? And what does your group specifically do to support Democratic women? The Georgia Federation of Democratic Women, we are the official women's organization of the DNC. And basically, that means we have a hierarchy in in our organization. We are part of the National Federation of Democratic Women. Our president, Gail Buckner, sits on the executive committee of the DNC. As a state chapter, I hold a seat on the DPG, Democratic Party of Georgia's executive board with one vote. Wow. (laughs) Every vote matters, right? (laughs) Every vote matters. GFDW has a mission of engaging women and helping women to get elected in office once they're in office to support them and to hopefully get them reelected. So we have a grassroots activism. Sounds like it's, you know, it seems like it's like a dirty word right now, but it's a pillar of what we do. We do a lot of work bringing in various organizations, collaborating, sharing our resources and sharing our power so that we can, in fact, continue to flip seats and to keep Georgia blue. Well, that's fantastic. And that's what we all want. So thank you for that. Do you support all Democratic women running for office or pro-choice women? Or what are the requirements for your support? Because we are an affiliate of the Democratic Party of Georgia, we do not endorse candidates before a primary. So unlike other women's organizations that can endorse, we have a policy because we fall under the DNC, we cannot endorse before the primary. So we allow voters to select the most qualified candidate, if that makes sense. We hope 
that the candidates selected by our voters are pro-choice and that they do uphold or value democratic values that specifically relate to women and children. Excellent. So speaking of pro-choice, what are your thoughts on the attacks that we're seeing on abortion rights currently in our country? Are you concerned that Roe v. Wade may be overturned with our current extremely conservative Supreme Court? What are your thoughts on that? Great question. As a matter of fact, just today, (laughs) we sent an action alert via uh, Georgia Federation of Democratic Women. We are concerned about there's a bill going coming through Georgia right now. And as we speak, the Senate Health and Human Services Committee has approved a bill banning the mailing of abortion pills in Georgia and imposing further restrictions, including a requirement for an in-person office visit and an ultrasound before prescriptions can be written. That's terrible. Senate Bill 456 was approved along a seven by five party line vote on Wednesday. And an earlier bill, SB 351, had more regressive provisions in it. So the next step is for the legislation after a 24 hour wait process to go ahead and bring it to the floor for a debate. So the rules committee could vote on it as early as tomorrow. To send the bill uh, for debate on the floor. So we realize that this is kind of one of those bills that is helping to make decisions for women and their bodies' autonomy before the Supreme Court's ruling in June. So we are very concerned. We also understand that 80% of Americans, of people in America, want abortion to remain legal. Roe versus Wade the ruling in 1973, we feel like we're going backwards. And so we really want to make sure that not only women, not only women, I'm going to preface that, not only women, because our organization is accepting of all allies. And so we want men and women to understand that we are in a fight and this will be determined pretty soon, but we are in Georgia taking steps to ensure and try to protect the women in our state. That is extremely worrisome. I also read just today that abortions in Texas, which now has the nation's most restrictive abortion laws on the books, have decreased, have dropped by 60%. I'm assuming this is going to embolden Georgia and other states to follow their lead, especially with the conservative Supreme Court refusing to do anything about it. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Georgia will step forward eventually and try to ban abortion altogether before women even know that they're pregnant at six weeks? One, it's an election year. Sure. Two, past legislation barely passed. I think there are many Republicans and Democrats who are rethinking the role of women and our bodily autonomy. I don't think Georgia wants to go back. I think we need to move forward. I think we are moving forward. And anyone who wants to remain in power will need to get with that program. Eventually. Eventually. I'm optimistic. I am as well. So let's talk about good and bad legislation. Since we're on the subject matter, what do you do or what does your group do on the ground with the Georgia Assembly? to ensure that bad legislation, especially as it affects women adversely, doesn't pass or is defeated. How does that work specifically? So our first plan of action is to increase the Democratic majority in our state, right? We have to understand that our legislators are making decisions, but the legislators are voted in by us. And that includes at the local 
and municipal levels as well. So we are, we understand that our legislators, once they go to the Capitol, they are under a lot of stress. So we support them. We make sure we congratulate them when we feel like they are doing what needs to be done and they are working hard to steward our democratic visions. We say thank you. We also help register voters. We have to continue this whole process and plan of getting our folks in office so that they can make decisions that impact us. Registering voters, we provide volunteer opportunities. We submit public comment at our local election offices. And so in in this way, we're trying to persuade and to make voting easier for voters in Georgia. We speak out about bans on drop boxes or their limited use, fighting racial gerrymandering, and we focus on the rural counties as well. So that's kind of like the beginning of the process. We have to establish a strong base background in order to get folks into office. We realize with the Biden, uh, Ossoff, and Warnock uh, runoff that our rural counties are very, very important. So like I'm doing tonight and as I've done in the past, we are reaching out to our rural communities in North Georgia and South Georgia. They played an extremely important role in helping to elect our two new U.S. senators and, of course, our president. Our organization partners with the Democratic Party of Georgia. And basically what that, and because I sit on the strategic planning committee, I'm able to go in and see what we're doing in terms of a party, a whole party. And then how does GFDW fill in the cracks? How do we complement what our party is already doing? And so we're not wasting energy and talent. We're doing what is needed. We're also going and in partnering with the various Democratic committees in each of the counties, making sure that we're building a relationship and that we are sharing resources. These are all various ways that we are laying the groundwork to support our elected officials and keep them in office so that they can vote in the ways that we feel are appropriate for our democratic values. Another thing that we're doing is we are definitely collaborating with like-minded nonpartisan organizations. As a women's organization, we realize that there are multiple organizations out there that share our vision and our values in terms of how advocating for women and women's issues. That's fantastic. So let's turn our attention to women's health care. Talking about Planned Parenthood and other similar organizations, Planned Parenthood of the Southeast is extremely active across Georgia. How do you partner with groups like that in a, in real fashion, in real time? Great question. So I literally was having a conversation with Stacey Fox. Oh, uh, I love her. <laughs> Big fan. So we were at the Capitol, actually, our legislative committee, the GFDW's legislative committee, we were at the Capitol and we were having a press conference on the ERA, Equal Rights Amendment. At the same time, Planned Parenthood was in committee meetings. So Stacy and I are communicating and we're sending our representatives, our committee members over to where she is. So those are just on the spot ways that we can collaborate It's good to know organizations from not so much a political perspective, but sometimes I can go into an organization as 
a woman without a title and because their mission impacts me and I feel strongly about a particular issue, then I can go in and we can create sort of like natural alliances that are not related to politics, but simply committed to each other as women, speaking to each other as women, and just trying to collaborate, bringing other folks on board as well. Sometimes it's about sharing information. So that's another way that we can collaborate. You know, I get all of the action alerts from organizations like WinList and Emerge Georgia, and we just kind of, we share. We've had the founders of various women's organizations that are quite similar to ours on our programs because we realize we all need to collaborate. There's enough room at the table for all of us. Oh, definitely. And thank goodness there's room at the table, period. For women, as we know, it wasn't always that way. So kudos to women like Shirley Chisholm who paved the path for all women to be able to speak up at the table. So since you mentioned the Equal Rights Amendment or ERA, what is it going to take? I mean, 38 states have already ratified it. What's it going to take to become the law of the land? And why on earth is it taking so long? I marched for the ERA back in college. That was 100 years ago. Why hasn't it passed yet? We've had a member um, who sent me an email the night before our ERA press conference at the Capitol. And she goes, thank you so much. I'm 88 years old and I've been waiting for this. So I said, you know what? We're going to the Capitol. Whether or not anyone signs it, we are going to be there because while Georgia has yet to sign, it is our mission to keep the message going, to keep educating women And just having a conversation with a lay person, I asked, why do you think it's so hard? Just because I wanted to talk to someone outside of the political realm. Why do you think it's so hard for this bill to get passed? And she goes, I just don't know. And I mean, she had some other things to say, but she, and they weren't very kind. I can't say them, but she said, you know, it baffles me that We are the backbone of the Democratic Party. We work really hard throughout society. Homes could not, families would have a hard time thriving without us, but yet we're not seen as equal. In our daily lives, the way we go about interacting with our husbands and our sons, we may need to take another look at those interactions and maybe do some course correcting when folks are younger and perhaps identifying issues that we have in our own daily lives because we're living with the folks who are not voting for us. Correct. We're grooming them as well. And if we're not very pointed, if we're not calling out the issues and even having an awareness of how our own behavior impacts how our sons and husbands go out and make decisions in the world Mm -hmm. outside of our home, then we might be doing ourselves a little bit of a disservice. And that's not to say that it's our fault, but we do raise boys and men. (laughs) We do raise them. Right. And so we need to take more of a holistic approach. Of course, putting more women in office always helps. 
Yes, yes, it does. And that's why we need to elect more women. What are your thoughts regarding the critical midterms and other elections taking place this year? And how excited are you to call Stacey Abrams Madam Governor? Because let me tell you something, I can't wait. What are your thoughts on the midterms and getting more Democratic women elected to office? I'm excited. There's been a lot of work that's been happening at the ground level. I'm going to keep encouraging and championing our grassroots activists because they have not stopped. They've continued to work. So there's a lot of work being done at the grassroots level, on the ground level, at the local level in terms of electing uh, city council members, mayors, board of education members. I call that the filling in the gaps, the creases, because sometimes we have a vision or a view that if we go from the top to the bottom, that that is effective. What in fact has been in my experience, that if we support those local candidates, they're going to bring out the vote a little bit more precisely, or they're going to know the communities in a different way. Right. I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm energized. And as a matter of fact, we're going to do the work regardless because we want Madam Leader Abrams in office, but we also want to show the country, the world, that what happened with Biden and Harris and Ossoff and Warnock and all of that energy, that wasn't a one-off. That took years of building, years of collaborating, and we're not stopping. So I'm excited about being able to demonstrate to the world that Georgia can make a difference. Georgia can. We can bring this gubernatorial election home. We can do it. And part of me feels that if Peter Abrams can go out there and put herself out there, mm -hmm. then we can too. She has the most to lose at this point. So why not take the risk, go all out for her? We have several exciting Democratic women who are running for statewide offices and the Georgia legislature as well. I would love to see... <laughs> A turn with more Democratic women and speaking personally, more Democratic women of color as well, achieving those statewide offices. That would be something, wouldn't it? I do believe that Georgia can be a blue beacon for the rest of the South. Certainly, we've got a better shot, I think, of going blue than any other state in the South right now. It's because of all the hard work that Stacey Abrams, Fair Fight, your organization has put in to make that difference. So since your episode will be airing during Women's History Month, tell me what Women's History Month means to you, both professionally and personally, and why does it matter? We are literally planning our Women's History Month program as a board. And then I, as mentioned earlier, I've done some work with the United Nations Association. So I'm an immediate past president of the United Nations Association of Atlanta. And we always had an event that featured women. It was our International Women's Day. So we got a chance to bring in women from all areas, all different various countries. So Women's History Month for me is a time to reflect on progress made, to call for change, because that's what we do as women, and to celebrate acts of courage and determination. What it boils down to is every woman who goes out and uses her voice, in my opinion, is an unsung hero. If you're able to raise sons and help husbands right. <laughs> who are aware and are mindful of the task 
you know, and the trials and the tribulations that moms, their moms, their wives have to deal with on a daily basis. I feel like that is something to sing about. I'm always for small steps matter. You know, some folks like to go for the really big goal, but I like to have the big goal in mind and work backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Little things that we do on a daily basis, that means so much. So for Women's History Month, it's almost like Black History Month. It's like you should celebrate it every day because it's quite a feat to be a woman (laughs) in this world. And it's another thing to thrive as a woman in this world. So we, as Georgia Federation Democratic Women, we have Unsung Sheroes, a program of Unsung Sheroes lined up. And that really is going in and asking our local chapter presidents, can you nominate a woman in your community who you think has put in the effort, who never gets noticed, nobody ever recognizes all of the work that she has done. It's kind of like Sue from our Fanning County Democratic (laughs) meeting. Susan, yes. Susan Demora, she's our executive producer and my personal queen. Oh, I do whatever she tells me to do. She's the boss of me. And she is, you want to talk about unsung heroes. She is definitely one of them and deserves, I nominate her (laughs) as an unsung hero. That's exactly what I mean. Yes. That meant something to me when I sat in on the call. I was like, there are, you know, there are no, for Fanning County, there was the one, but we might have 159 of them somewhere, you know, along the line that there are enough that we can definitely, definitely recognize. Professionally, when I think about the Women's History Month, For myself, I'm going through a sort of evolution in how I go about my work. One thing I've always realized is I don't have the answer. There's always someone out there that knows more. And so when I find myself in a room or a space where it seems as though I am the smartest person in the room, I, I enjoy staying there, but that tells me I have to go. I have to move because the work that we're doing, the work that I do, um, is a, it's a constant evolution. It's constantly changing. So goals that I've put forth for myself, my birthday is March 5th, so it does happen. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. So the goals that I've set forth and I've put in place is going to be a lot of networking. So for my birthday, I'm arranging it sort of happened this way. And then I realized, oh my goodness, this is the week leading up to your birthday. Is I'm meeting with some of my mentors, women that can and have encouraged me. I'm going to spend some time talking to them about some plans that I have and ways that I'm pretty sure they can help me. That sounds absolutely lovely. What a wonderful way to spend your birthday. Do you want to talk about some of those mentors, especially in Georgia? Is there anyone that you wish to highlight? Actually, I will highlight Alexis Scott. Okay. Tell us about Alexis. So Alexis family is an established family in Atlanta. She is also a Barnard College graduate. Her family owned the first African-American newspaper. How impressive. Absolutely. And so she is a community force in the Atlanta area. And what I mean by that is she's across generations. She's been very helpful. She's a resource to women She, in terms of, but who do you need to know? Anytime I ask 
Alexis a question about, for example, when leadership. She says, oh, I know Melita Easter. Let me put you in touch with her. (laughs) Another guest and friend of the show. We adore Melita as well. Georgia Winless. Absolutely. So she's always very calm, very reassuring, and never one to tell you exactly what to do, but just kind of listens and may offer a suggestion here or there. So I'm very, I'm very, very fond of her. One of the things that I try to tell all of our young leaders is we really need to reach, we have to reach forward and we need to be reaching back. We need to honor the folks who've been doing this work for a while. We need to make sure that we are celebrating them. And it is so important that the information is not stored in one place. It needs to be shared. It should be shared. And so by me sitting down and having dinner, (laughs) lunch (laughs) with Alexis, actually, it's going to be one where we're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch movies, you know, that type of thing. Nice. It's going to be a way for her to transfer the information that she has as well. But I'm just interested in stories and how people have progressed because I don't think a whole lot changes in human progression and how we go about our daily lives. There's one thing that is certain, you know, we're all going to be born, we're all Mm going to die. And so, but what happens in between that is very interesting to me, how people have lived, what was their thought process, what made them successful? And when they weren't successful, what did they do? How did they overcome it? Those setbacks. So having these conversations with whom I think are community leaders and mentors is going to be very important to me. Historically speaking, I'm a huge fan of Ida B. Wells and all of her journalistic achievements, but there are so many women in the history of the women's movement who inspired you the most to go forth and be an activist and to do the hard work and all the great work that you do. Just personally. Well, I'm going to be a little bit more contemporary. And I'm going to say Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) Ah, she's a good one. Oprah to me is someone that can move in various circles, right? She has a way of connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I admire. That's something that I think successful women throughout history, it's a trait I'm not sure if it's a skill, but I think it's innate and people gravitate towards that. Right. Not too strong, but still able to get her message across, but in a way that all people can connect to it and find something in it for themselves. I really like her idea or her way of reflecting about her thoughts and her ideas and where she would like them to go. I'm a big fan of folks who can actually sit back and enjoy themselves. It doesn't always happen, does it? But it's refreshing to see. It's hard. But to find that place where you can be comfortable with yourself and still lead Mm -hmm. and be able to accept different ideas, but not letting them overpower your own, right? Taking, picking and choosing right. the ones that make sense to you. So you can definitely tell I'm a Barnard girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great school. Can you elaborate on the seven sisters? What is that? Oh, absolutely. So they are private universities. They're all women, all girls schools. It's kind of hard to find 
an all-girls school, but Barnard is one of the seven. Now, if you ask me to name them all, I don't have them on my list. Barnard is the number one. So that's fantastic. And certainly it's a wonderful organization to be a part of, I imagine. And we stand on the shoulders of all these women, don't we? We stand on their shoulders and we have an obligation to continue their work. Sometimes it feels like two steps forward, one step back, but tell us why it's so important to never give up, never give in and keep fighting the good fight. Well, our very lives depend on it. (laughs) Yes, literally. To be quite honest with you, I will say that my husband's a West Point graduate. So we want to say alpha male, alpha female together. How did we make it work over 20 years? I can tell you about survival. And a lot of it is really to not become complacent. It's totally acceptable to be comfortable. My husband does a really good job of providing. I could just go with that. So the survival part for me, the fighting part for me is to say, There are so many folks out there who Mm -hmm. are not as fortunate, and I have a duty and an obligation to take my resources to go out and help to change the world, if that makes any sense. It makes complete sense to me. Yes. There's too much work to be done. There's so much writing of the world that has to be done, and every person, every little thing matters, whether you're going out, so in terms of our Georgia Federation of Democratic Women, we have a segment called Democratic Women Care. We go out into the community. We spent some time over the holiday break. We were in 12 different counties and we visited the sheriff's offices. And so some folks would say, why did you visit the sheriff's offices? And we said, well, we're a women's organization. We know that there are women who are incarcerated that need our help. Mm -hmm. And so we said that is a place where we know we can definitely go. And if we want to advocate for women being allowed to have parental visits, to continue the bonding with their children, that's definitely a place where we can go. We can fight for women to make sure that they are having adequate health care, food, that their mental health is being taken care of. We're pretty efficient, Georgia Federation of Democratic Women. We know that that is a place where we can go. So that is why. We focus on going into the sheriff's offices and most of the major counties. Number two, of course, it was the number of people that we could engage and that we could help. Well, thank you for all the hard work that you're doing and your organization is doing. If someone wants to get involved, learn more about you or just learn more about your group, where would you send them? GeorgiaDemocraticWomen.com. We have just updated our website and it is fabulous. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> it is amazing. We're so happy. We've also, in terms of part of our communication skill and keeping with engaging women and folks in our community, we've updated our brochure. We've updated our website. We are out in the community. So you can find us. You can go to any of the local chapters that we have in Georgia. We have a first congressional district chapter, fourth congressional federational district, ninth congressional Augusta, Columbia, Chatham County, Clayton, Cobb County, Augusta, Richmond, DeKalb County, Douglas County, Fannin County, Fayette, Fulton. We have a whole list of local chapters that you can engage with. But of course, go to our GeorgiaDemocraticWomen.com website and you'll be able to find out 
more about those local organizations and our chapter, our state organization as a whole. Wonderful. And finally, and I ask all my guests this question, and they always tell me it's the hardest question to answer. But finally, tell us a fun fact about you, just you, Chinita, not having to do with politics or all the fantastic work that you're doing. Tell us something interesting just about you. Interesting. So I was a, I'm a former track and field athlete. Ooh. I was a recruited college athlete. <gasps> Impressive. That's and great. I coached track and field in our local community. And so we were able, or I was able to develop the plan that took our team to the nationals. <gasps> and we had that year, we had several national winners, my children included. Oh my. So the apple didn't fall far from that tree <laughs> with the athletic ability. Plus you're a great role model. There is no doubt. We focus a lot on the skill events because we knew that those would be the ones that most people would not understand or would have the resources. So we did a lot of hurdling, shot putting, triathletes, heptathlon, long jump, all the things that require skill and focus. Fantastic. And it's certainly serving you well, that background in your current position. Well, thank you, Chinita, for joining us today and sharing more about your critical work to support Democratic Party policy, support women, and maintain our democracy. I'm Meryl Clark, and on behalf of our team, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the North Georgia Blue podcast. To learn more about us and the work that we're doing, Visit us online at FannonCountyGeorgiaDemocrats.com. Share the North Georgia Blue podcast with your friends and family, and be sure to subscribe and follow. And if you enjoy our podcast, consider becoming a founding patron and friend of the show at NorthGeorgiaBluePodcast.com slash patron. Now with three different giving levels to choose from, offering cool swag, recognition on our show and the website, and valuable gift cards to help us continue getting into more good trouble. <laughs>